0: Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. We began the series about four weeks ago, and the series is to do with Jesus. And I love how Pastor Luke began the series, and he went to Matthew chapter 16, and he addressed his disciples, those that were closest to him. In other words. If I put it in today's context he was addressing the church believers and he said to them he said who do men say that i the son of man am interesting phrase i the son of man in other words he brought himself down to the level of humanity and he said who who do men say that I am I the Son of Man? In other words, here's the answer. When you get a revelation in your humanity as to who I am, things will be completely different. The disciples responded. One said, oh, they say you're John the Baptist. What's that? You're the forerunner of a move of God. Others say that uh, you're not John the Baptist, but you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're one of the prophets that have revisited the earth. And then Jesus turns it on its head and In verse 15, he says these words, he said to them, But who do you say that I am? If I were to ask you the same question, how would you respond in this season? Who is Jesus to you in the season you're in? Who do you say that I am? And then in verse 16, Simon Peter answers and says to Jesus, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded and said to him, blessed are you, listen to this, breakthrough is yours. Something supernatural is about to enter your world, it's gonna intervene In your future, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood did not direct you. Flesh and blood circumstance was not what you based your view of me through. Wow. But my Father revealed that to you. And again, as we go to God's Word and in the series of who Jesus is, we discover that Jesus actually is far more than we ever realised. He's the lion and the lamb. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the bread of life. And I realised that Simon Peter had a revelation. He had encountered God directly. You know, there is a real danger for us to live a Christian walk or to have a Christianity that is built on a human perspective and it lacks a divine revelation. That's why God's Word gives us an understanding because your perspective determines your response. If you see God as a judgmental ogre in the sky that is wanting to beat you up for everything you've done wrong, you'll continue to compromise. Because you can't win that battle on your own, but when you realize he died on a cross for you so that he could take the condemnation, then victory already, the atmosphere of victory has come into your life and your room, and freedom comes from that. Your perspective determines your response. A negative perspective, what does it create? It generates a negative response. You start believing your marriage has no future, you'll have a negative response. A positive perspective, however, generates a positive response. Interesting, when I got the diagnosis, stage four terminal, went to see the oncologist for the first time. We didn't really know what that meant. He just said, man, you, you seem like you're a very positive person. I said, yeah, I'm with you. I don't understand a whole lot of this. And, uh, you know, you're here to help us, obviously. And you know what he said to me? He said, we have discovered that hope-filled people recover more often. Woo! Come on, this is the 11 o'clock. I'm all oiled up and I'm ready to go. It's kind of like, yeah, but you don't understand what I'm going through. Yeah, yeah, well. I'm going through a little hope-filled. Well, who's the author of hope? Surely it's Jesus. Oh, I'm a Christian, yeah. Can't tell by your face. I, I know what it is, come on, to lose the plot. I'm not saying you get to a place of perfection, but when you find yourself losing the plot, it's kind of like, hey, i got to remember some things that Jesus, he's somebody that's the lion, the lamb. He's the one who's the good shepherd. He meets me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He's the bread of life. You know, early on in my life, if you've been at life, you would have heard me preach often out of John chapter 8 he because it became a catalyst, a revelation to me. Like Peter, Simon Bar-Jonah got a revelation that uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I was reading the story and I had come from kind of uh, just an understanding of God that if I did wrong, I was going to hell. And then I read in John chapter eight about the scribes and the Pharisees, these religious people that found this woman who was committing in the act of adultery. I don't know what they were doing but obviously peering through the blinds story suggests that she had had a past of committing adultery and so they grabbed her by the hair they dragged her in front of Jesus and they basically said the law of Moses says she should be stoned the law before Jesus turned up the law you got to do right. If you don't do right, there is no answer. But when Jesus turned up, everything changed. The law of most, trying to trip Jesus up because he was flying in the face of their religious response. And they said, so we're going to ask you, what do you have to say? I loved it because as I read it, Jesus stooped down and he began to wrote, and then he just said, oh, by the way, you that have no sin, you throw the first stone then. Don't ever live a life where you start throwing stones. You've forgotten what God forgave you of. Oh, this is preaching. It's kind of like, stop throwing stones. Religion throws stones, but Jesus doesn't throw stones. You throw the first stone, so the, the room empties out, and it's just her. She's crying, she's rejected, she's hurt, she's looking for intimacy but can't find it. There's emptiness on the inside, there's darkness all around her. And Jesus comes in and he picks her up and he says to her as he raised himself up, verse 10, he said to her, where are those that condemn you? And she says to him, Sorry, he said to her, where are those accusers of yours? He says, and those that condemned you. And she said, there's no one here, Lord. You're in the room, condemnation has left the room. And then Jesus said these most powerful words, and this is what changed my life. Neither do I condemn you. I see you trying to live a righteous life and not getting everything right, but I don't condemn you. And then he said Go and sin no more. That doesn't give you a license for liberality. Because sin will destroy you. But I am the light of the world. And the one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And today I want to just share this thought that Jesus is our light bringer. He brings light to our darkness. I think sometimes we can live our lives trying to get rid of the darkness, but I've discovered that the way to get rid of the darkness is to bring the light. And the light is not your good works or your ability to get it all right. Your light is the fact that you realise Jesus is the light bringer. I am the light of the world, that's you. That's me. It's kind of like, Paul, I'm the light of your, of your world. He who follows me, if you live out my life, you won't walk in darkness because you'll be walking with me, but you'll have the light of light. When we heard the prognosis, as I've said before, it's kind of like, I, I wasn't expecting that. So what do you do? You go, we, Marie and I go to God, God, what's this all about? You know all things. You know what? We really felt God whisper so clearly at the beginning. It's for a bigger purpose than this. What did that do? That brought light to my darkness. Some of you need to hear that the darkness you're currently surrounded with is not your issue. The issue is Jesus hasn't been brought into it. And He's the light bringer. So if He's the light bringer, then we're gonna learn to go to Him and we're gonna learn to increase our connection with Him and we are gonna see the light of life. We all will have seasons of darkness. You read the Bible correctly from cover to cover, you'll realise to everything there is a season. There is seasons of darkness. There are times of darkness. There are prognosis in this world. There is darkness everywhere, everywhere present. You just have to live this life and you will be surrounded. Some of you are in church today. You're online today because you are being positioned by God to hear, hey, darkness is not your issue. It's the need to bring the light bringer. Release the light bringer into it because when you turn on the light, the darkness cannot dominate any further. And I want to encourage you that when you go through the dark seasons, don't rebuke the devil, invite Jesus. Invite the presence of God to come. Why? Because light, what does it do? It creates clarity and focus. Do you know anything about photography? How many know you don't need a camera these days? You've got your phone. But when the light is fading, the picture becomes unclear. The more light you have, the more clarity is in the picture. And God says, that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light. Not your victory through a circumstance. I'm the light of the world. Your word, I love Psalm 119 verse 105. It's your word that is a lamp to my feet. Mm. It's your word that is a light to my pathway. Are you still going, I just hate the season I'm in and why does this have to happen to us? Or have you gone to the light bringer and go, what, what's this all about? What are you wanting to do through this, Lord? Your light is a lamp to my feet. You're getting something out of this? Too many Christians are being diverted by circumstantial evidence. Oh, I've gone through COVID. Yeah, well, hey. Few weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago, two and a half, three weeks ago, we got COVID as well, on top of everything else, and immune deficiencies and everything else. You got all kinds of stuff. My saliva glands aren't working, I get dry, it's like it's just just keep it's but it's all just circumstantial evidence. It's just all part of the pathway of what I'm going through physically, but I bring the light into it. I have to bring the light into it. And when you bring the light into it, it's just like, wow, I begin to see things so differently. And too many Christians have been diverted because of circumstances around them and they blame God. It's like when I'm lying in a hospital bed and my gallbladder's blowing up and things are going wrong and I haven't ever felt that pain like that before in my life. You know what I've got to realise? God, what am I doing here? Jesus says, were you here not just for this, you're here for everyone else in the room. And so you begin to share your faith and you encourage someone else. It's, think of one guy who just lost his leg to cancer and then his arm had turned black with cancer and it's kind of like, what am I going to do, you know? And I said, well, you're in a wheelchair and now you can't use your arm and maybe you need to get a mobile, you know, powered it up version. Get a V8. He says, oh, I don't want to succumb to that. I said, you're not going to succumb to that. That's, that's about making the best of your next season, bro. It takes strength to step into your new season when things turn bad around you. It's amazing. We're connecting now. We're gonna have another catch up soon. It's kind of like, hey, just, because again, he's the light bringer. And that's why when he said, you are the light of the world, you're the only answer to those that don't know me yet. That's why the Psalmist said in Psalm 121 verse one, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. I'm going to the light bringer. Oh yeah, but the sun just comes up automatically. No, 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 God put that in the tension of rising to every day. Lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the the Lord. He's my helper. He made the heaven. Yeah, but Paul, what if you don't get rid of the cancer? I said, well, then I trust the sovereignty of God. That's not a lack of faith. It's just like he made the heavens and the earth. He's got this. So light creates clarity and focus. You're hearing me? It brings understanding. When you get the light, then you begin to see things completely differently. I want you to hear it again. When Jesus said to the woman, neither do I condemn you at that moment as a teenager. Neither do I condemn you, Paul. I went to the cross for you, bro. You can't beat this on your own. Just bring light to it. When you start taking your focus off everything that you weaken and begin to see my strength, you'll allow me and my power to break anything that's holding you down. I have come. I love this. Verse 46 of John 12. I have come as a light into the world. But there is a need for us to make that connection to believe in him so that we don't abide in darkness. Wow. See, behind me, I've got some lights and they're telling a story, three lights. First light is someone that understands light requires a supply. But a supply also needs a source. So this is running off mains. And it is bright. The second light is a light that's run off battery. So it starts bright, but as time goes on, it begins to fade. A lot of Christians, well, I had an experience with God a few years ago, but we're not plugged into the source. And so we don't really read the Bible. We come to church when we can fit it in, but we don't understand that we need to connect with the light bringer. And then there is a lot of humanity that is looking for the basic needs that we were created to experience like intimacy. And we think we'll find intimacy in sexual fulfillment, but intimacy is about a relationship with the Creator and it's created. And until we find the source in Jesus, we have life, we have all the trimmings of life, but there is an emptiness on the inside that cannot be fulfilled. There's a lack of light that goes on. Religion won't give that to you, but the moment you discover who God is, this begins to happen. And I pray that we will never become a Christian that knows enough to still be within proximity, but we've left the source. And we had a top up because the word was good or we had a top up because the experience was good and we had an encounter, but actually that's where we're living right now. And Jesus says but I'm the light of the world and, 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 and as you understand and experience that light you break through the darkness that's trying to restrict you. In fact John 12 46 and it's this I have come as a light into the world that everyone who believes in me I just read that before should not abide in darkness. You don't have to live under the strangle of darkness. Darkness creates confusion. How many know, you know, when you've had a few tablets and you've been through a bit, I had a season where I was going to the bathroom 12 times a night. You need a little bit of light to make your way to the bathroom and not trip over things. But there's confusion when you disconnect. You begin to look even at the things of God through a filter. You listen to the media more than you listen to God's Word. You respond to circumstances rather than coming to the light bringer. I've found times where I've had immense darkness. Team, come and join me. Woken up in a day and, and, and thank God I understand. Hey, see seasons of darkness, times and events of darkness come to us all. Darkness is a part of this world. That's why there is a light bringer. Early in the morning, I wake up and there's just like a cloud of darkness. I'm like, okay, what if it all finishes quickly? And I look over and see Marie who, without her, I wouldn't be standing here today. She's got a Bible open, reading early hours of the morning as she does every morning, praying. And she pulls out three jagged bits of paper. And they're the three chapters that God gave me at the beginning when I said to God, what's it all about? And I didn't know. Any reference I just had in my mind, Psalm 20, Psalm 21, Psalm 61. So we went to it and it was so relevant. Not only will I protect you against the enemy, I'll kill the offspring of the enemy. She begins to read these three chapters to me. What happens? The light. Bringer comes into the room. And today God is wanting to go, would you give me access? Stop allowing the darkness to speak. Allow the wonder of my light to cover you. The disciples, in John 16, Jesus said to them, the hour is coming. In fact, guys, it's now. You're gonna be scattered, each to his own. You'll leave me alone. These things I've spoken to you, that you might have peace in the world. You're gonna have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. You see, when the crucifixion happened the way it did, they were all disillusioned because they didn't bring the light bringer in. It happens to us all, are you hearing me? But He brings light to our darkness. And I believe that God is saying, it's time to hand it over. Stop believing there is no hope for your marriage. Stop believing because you haven't seen the healing, it's not gonna happen. Stop believing that COVID has destroyed your business. It may have dented it, but it can rise out of the ashes. God's a God that brings things up from the ashes. Stop believing the prognosis will have the final say. No, God will have the final say and we're happy to go with that. And so it's time to hand it over. It's time to connect to the true light source. And maybe you find yourself half-hearted. It's time to come back. Or maybe this morning, today, listening to this message, you go, you know, I've never connected with God. You can have everything but not have the light that you're seeking. The moment you give your life to Jesus, the moment you hand everything over is the moment He touches you. And as He touches you, that light ought to come on. And it's like, wow. I'm not perfect, but boy, it couldn't be. It couldn't be any... It's like, this is so different. Because I realise my dependency is not on the things of this world anymore. It's on who He is. Can we give Him a hand for that? Can we praise Him? We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.